Hey, my name's Hayden Carroll. Welcome to the Faithful Perspective Podcast, a series where we discuss together those key gospel principles that lead to a successful, joyful, and productive life for Latter-day Saints and friends. Before we jump into anything, I want to give you an invitation. Do you know a Latter-day Saint who is passionate about something gospel-related? Do you know somebody who others could benefit from getting inside their head? If you know somebody that I might be able to interview on our Faithful Perspective podcast, please email me their information at faithfulperspectivepodcast at gmail.com. That's faithfulperspectivepodcast at gmail.com. Today I have the awesome opportunity to have a wonderful conversation with a friend of mine who I met while serving a full-time mission in Salt Lake City, Utah, the Salt Lake City, Utah mission. Uh, Q, Celine. Q, how are you? Brother Celine, to me, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Hayden. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for spending a, a few moments of your night today uh, chatting with us about an important topic. Now, just for the sake of the listeners, uh, Q and I, Brother Celine and I met uh, when I served out in Erda, uh, west of Salt Lake City, near Tooele and Grantsville, Stansbury area. And Q, you were, uh, if you remember all those many years ago, you were the, one of the ward mission leaders. Uh, I think we covered, what, half of the stake or something? I don't know. We had five or six wards. And you, at the time, and I actually don't even know what calling you have right now. You have to, you have to tell us. But that's how uh, Q and I met. And we've just kept in contact, you and I, over the years. And I'm sure that you've kept in contact with other missionaries. But you and I have gone out to lunch every so often. And my wife's family's from Salt Lake. So every time, every so often when we're up there, I, we uh, give you a call. So... Um, let's do this. Can you just give us a brief background cue of who you are and anything that you feel is pertinent for our listeners to know, uh, to the topic, anything important to the topic that you would like uh, them to know, and then we'll jump right in and you have a wonderful, uh, story experience to tell us tonight that I'm excited to hear for the first time. And, uh, we'll, we'll see what kind of, uh, gospel principles we can learn from it. Can we start there? Q? Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks, Hayden. <clears throat> yeah, like you, um, like you said. Well, first of all, I appreciate you. Um, appreciate the opportunity you're giving me to to be able to share this. And um, and I, I have kept in contact with um, a bunch of the missionaries that uh, served during the. I think I was in the ward. I was a ward mission leader for about four four and a half years, and uh, it was just an absolute blast to meet people like you and and so many others. Um, and so, uh, right now I'm actually serving as, what do they call it? The specialist in the priest quorum. Mm-hmm. So serving with the young man in this weird time of COVID-19, but, mm-hmm. uh, but, I uh, love the, love the calling. So, um, my, my little bit about, a little bit about me, a little bit about my, my background. Um, I am originally from Utah been uh, lived in Utah my whole life, um, lived in Salt Lake City and then um and then growing up through my elementary school high school year or or junior high school years and then partially through um in a little tiny town called Farron uh, about three and a half hours south southeast of Salt Lake City um and I went to high school there graduated from high school there um my family moved down there and we, I, 
I ended up getting into a little bit of little bit of trouble. Started to to experience my wayward years. Um, uh, about there, I I grew up I grew up in a in a gospel centered home. Um, I was just taught just like Nephi, a goodly parent. I was a, raised raised by goodly parents and and taught all the things that I I needed to know and understand. Um, and there was uh, always a good spirit in our home. Um, I have uh, I have three siblings, and um, my and we are particularly close to my mom's side of the family. I have, a, I have an aunt and an uncle and their families, and we were always very close growing up. And that's important, uh, as you'll see as we get into the story today. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I got off the wrong path when I was in high school, um, and uh, Oh, I spent the next, I spent probably from about 16, 17 years old till about uh, 21, um, living, living a little bit of a wild life and, and got into a bunch of trouble. Um, I ended up living in St. George for a certain amount of time and then, um, and then up in Salt Lake, uh, moved back up to Salt Lake um, when I was about 19, 20 years old. But I... Um, when I was, let's see, when I was about, when I was, I think it was about 18, eight, nine, or no, I was about 19 or 20 years old. I, I got into quite a bit of trouble, um, and had been into some trouble and was actually going to, um, uh, I'd been essentially arrested and was going to be, um, having to spend some time potentially in jail in uh i had been back living in this little town called Farron in an apartment by myself at this point in my in my life and um as i was a as i was getting to the to approaching my court my court date um my uncle up to the prior to this my uncle my mom's brother had who he owns a mechanical contracting business a mechanical construction business in salt lake city he had reached out to me um, to, to tell me that there was some opportunities for some apprenticeships for some plumbing apprenticeships in Salt Lake and told, asked me if I was interested and that he would, that I could come up and live with him and his family um, and, and, and uh, participate in one of those apprenticeships, apply for one of those apprenticeships. And I had turned him down because uh, I was much more in love with my social lifestyle and, and uh, the things that I was doing at the time. So um, I had turned him down and turned him down. And I had actually, I guess I really had reached out to him originally because my dad had wanted me to. And um, and then he had, anyway, he had got, gotten a hold of me with this opportunity. I turned him down. I turned him down. I got in a lot of trouble. I was approaching my court date. And um, my plan was to skip town before I had to, serve out my punishment um it's a, not a good plan um but uh i i remember um i was there was, I, i'll even remember the specific time and place for as long as i lived where i had this overwhelming impression that i needed to um, call my uncle back and and ask him if that opportunity still um if that was still an op- option for me 
and to take him up on that. I really felt that if I didn't do that, that I would be, that there was little hope for me making it back out of the mess that I was in um, down the road. Um, so I called him back. He, uh, he said that he would, that, that that was still an option. Um, in fact, he, what he ended up doing was writing a, a letter to the, <clears throat> the justice system in, in the county that I was living in and to the county attorney. And he basically worked with them. Him and my mom worked with them to, uh, get, get them to approve me being able to forego in a, in a stiff, harsh punishment like jail time and move up to Salt Lake, live with him and uh, under certain circumstances and, 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 and that ended up working out. So in a sense, really, he, he and my aunt and their family um, really provided me an opportunity that saved my life. Um, and so I moved up to Salt Lake at about 20 years old. Um, and then for about the next year and a half, um, still kind of coasted, but did pretty well. Ended up meeting, um, uh, meeting my, my wife and, uh, we, uh, I got myself on the right track and we ended up getting married and married in the temple. And, uh, we now have five kids and, um, we live out in Erda, just like just where you said you met me, and and uh, life is good. Life is really good now. So. And you guys are getting a, a temple out there soon enough. Is that right? Is that what I heard? Yes, I hope so. <laughs> we will see a temple in Tooele Valley. There's been some there's been some uh, discontent about the location and the and the development surrounding it, but uh, I believe that there will still be a Lord wants a temple in Tooele Valley. Right. There will be one. I don't know if it'll be the original location, but I, right. I hope so. And that's a whole other so, topic for a whole other podcast episode, probably. Yes, it is. <laughs> Maybe too. Yeah. You so, so just to clarify, and for myself and for the listeners, your uncle and his sister did they personally reach out to the judge or or somebody who had uh, some pull in on your sentence or on your on your conviction? Basically, is that? Did they have some personal pool there that they helped you in that way? Yes. Yeah, so, so my, 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 um, my mom, my uncle's sister. Um, so my mom and my uncle, uh, worked this out. My, the, the, the county attorney, she lived across the street from one of the county oh. attorneys lived across the street from us. I didn't know them. My mom knew them quite well and she knew the situation with me and with my family. And, and it was obviously a, a, a a very trying time for my folks and um, especially my mom. And, and so she, she knew that. And then, and it's a small town it's pretty, pretty little area. And so there's some, you know, it's, it's easy to, uh, it's easy to know who, the people are that there's only 2000 people that live in that little town in Farron. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, and, and then when there's, when there's a, a, a small group, essentially a small group of people who are causing all the problems in the County, <laughs> it, that, that all the people know who those people are. And so, yeah. um, uh, and, and they were good people. There was, uh, there was some, just some really good people that worked on that, uh, that worked in the justice system there. And, and so they, between my mom's association with her and then my uncle and his and his uh, opportunity for me, they worked together with her 
and the others to 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 get that to work out so right okay so so there's some help there and and if i understand correctly and we can get into this your uncle plays a role in the topic that we're going to discuss yes. today is that correct the same uncle that helped you in this situation that is correct and, and that's and that's why i wanted to explain that because it, it is i mean it's a big part of my life for sure mm-hmm. um regardless of the the other part of the story but it's a it's a it's important to know it was important for me to to un, to to draw on that experience as I, you know, moved from this place due to his graciousness and, and him and my, his and my aunt's graciousness to come and live with him. Right. It was important for me to have that experience and to have that as uh, some of the other events unfolded. So, right. so, so you at age, how old are you when you, when you met Chris, was it 22, 23? I was 20. I was almost 22. Okay. Yeah. And so now you're married in the temple and mm-hmm. you, uh, I'm assuming that, well, actually I don't, I don't know. Can you, let's just start on this story with, uh, involving your uncle. Can you, mm-hmm. do you, are you skipping ahead many years or did it happen within a couple of years of that happening or, or tell us, start that, start that little, well, the main, the main topic, would you start the main topic of discussion sure. for tonight? And that, if, if that's enough, is there any, is there any other background that we need yep. to know? No, I think that I think that preps us for for where we're going. So okay, great. yeah, I can I can jump right in. Um, so uh, I, as I said before, I'd come up and started an apprenticeship um, for a, a commercial plumbing apprenticeship, and I worked for a company that was owned by a friend of my uncle's. And so I didn't go to work for his company. I lived at his house, and and I and I went to work for this other company. And so um, I I just. I moved from one company to another and um, it just, I, I, without explaining, (laughs) getting into the details of how all that worked, I ended up, um, you know, uh, working for the company that my uncle owns. Mm -hmm. Um, And that started, uh, oh, I was probably, I was probably about, well, I'll tell you, I worked for, I worked for that, for his company for almost 19 years. So I went through, almost my entire five-year apprenticeship with them. Um, I was, uh, I, I journeyed out as a, as a journeyman plumber, pipe fitter, um, and then uh, moved on to become a foreman and a general, a general foreman and, um, and then ended up w- with some management and uh, uh, experience as well mm-hmm. with the company. So, so that's, as um, I, and that's kind of where we start here. My, I worked for them, like I said, through through all of this time, and and had always just kind of figured that uh, that w- I would just continue to work for his company. It was it was good. I didn't have any problems. It was a uh, had a lot of good mentors and and um, and had a lot of good opportunities. Um, and and it was kind of fun because his company was always something that our family, um, you know, our extended family there knew of. And we was just always, that company was always kind of a part of the family. It's not like everybody worked for him, but mm-hmm. everybody just knew it. You know, this right. is, this is his company. And, and so, um, so there was a, there was a, there's a personal tie to that, that uh, was beyond just, uh, you know, working for a good company that I enjoyed. Right. Um, so I had expressed a lot of interest in, 
getting further opportunities uh, to grow within the company um, to um, get some management type experience and and that type of thing. And I had expressed that to uh, to my uncle and also to my other had another um, the, the his business partner who was my immediate supervisor and boss. I expressed that to him too several times. And so there was always something we were working towards. And I got a lot of opportunities to move um, and, exp- and and get some, some good experience in certain aspects of that of their company and different types of applications of uh, construction and that. And it was really good. And it was actually um, very, um, it was very much in line with um, a lot of what had been what I had in my patriarchal blessing as far as what it talked about for me in my career. So, um, so fast forward here to about 2012, 2013 into 2012 first 2013. Um, I ended up getting a promotion to, uh, come into a management role in, and, and out of the field as a, as a field supervisor. Um, and, and then, uh, and and work with we. My uncle had hired a hired a an individual to come in and essentially um, take the company and start moving it towards the future for so he could retire and mm-hmm. and 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 we could move the company forward with this new management and and uh, you know another another thirty plus years of life. So, right. um, so that all of those changes happened and we um that promotion turned into an an, another promotion as an operations manager for our construction division and uh and then me and another gentleman that i worked with at the time we he and i both kind of ran all of the construction and and then our immediate supervisor was this uh, guy that was going to take over um, for my uncle as soon as he decided to retire. So that, that's, um, there were a lot of changes, a lot of changes that took place and a lot of things that we were trying to do, um, to kind of reframe how, um, the company operated in a lot of ways, a lot of different things than had taken place over the years and it had been started to become a bigger company. And so there were some things that needed to change and that led to a lot of growing pains. Mm-hmm. Um, that coupled with the fact that I was young and and very inexperienced with uh, some of the soft skills that come, or maybe most of the soft skills that come with management and uh, and um, leading people um, in that kind of an environment. And so there were a lot of growing pains all around um, the company. Uh, a lot of individuals who had been used to certain things a certain way, personal things for me, my everybody it was just uh it was there was a lot of um, turmoil there for a little while and as a result there had been there had started to become this um friction um between my uncle and i and me and between my boss my immediate boss and i and my uncle and so and this had kind of started to grow and develop. And then it was, it also involved the, the original partner and other people. It was just really starting to become kind of a toxic environment. And, um, and I contributed to that and, uh, definitely had some onus in that. And, and 
everybody did to a degree. And is this, just to clarify, is this all happening in 2013? That's when you got the, the promotion was at the beginning of 2013 and all this was happening this year or did it, how long did Sorry, it take? Sorry, no. No, that's, that's a good question. I apologize. Yeah, so 2013 was the promotion and then this lasted for about uh, the next six six years so just almost six years Mm -hmm. so um so about there's about six year window where all of these things were happening and changing and it was uh it was uh kind of a a tumultuous time there and then by about the end of about the first of 2018 to the first probably the first start of the second quarter things were just um it started to settle down in ways but there was still this um there was still this growing divide between my uncle and um and uh myself and uh, and then my cousin who had started working there as well who we'd all he and i had always been close but then there was this just this wedge that had been forming and throughout this six-year period there there had been other problems that had risen with his original my uncle's original partner and he ended up um he ended up being separated from the company and but yet still still an owner and it was just a lot of muddy water really a lot of a lot of uh, turmoil there and so um at about the um we had some we had we had a couple of uh we had a couple of tense moments in the at the first of 2018 and then by um no, I guess it was. Well, it was actually the. It was July twenty fifth. It was right after the twenty fourth of July holiday here in Utah. Um, I got back to work, and out of the blue, just that day, um, my boss or my my uncle called in my my boss at the time, uh, and then me, and then this other guy that I worked with there that ran the construction department. He fired all three of us that same day. Oh wow! And it was it was uh, yeah it was real unexpected it was out of the blue there had been no warnings of that kind of a thing happening um but uh but that ha- uh, he he called my boss in in the morning um and then i was actually out taking one of our crews to lunch who had been working on a project and doing a real nice job and i was at lunch with them when i got a text from my boss telling me hey i got i just got fired um you know give me a call when you when you get done there and I thought he was lying to me. I thought he was joking. And, uh, and so, but then uh, anyway, I ended up, I ended up getting a phone call from my uncle to come and see him at the office. And so I did, and I got fired. And then a couple hours later, he pulled in the, pulled in the other guy that I worked with and fired him. So, um, yeah, came as a big shocker was, uh, was, I had planned on, I'd really planned on finishing out my career there. And, um, some of our conversations had been that, you know, um, partnership in the company, some ownership and, and those types of things that we had all kind of planned on being part of this management group that would take the company into the next phase of its life. So, so yeah, I have a question for you and only, only share yeah. what you feel is necessary or what you're comfortable sharing. But just to clarify, it wasn't anything per, was it personal? Cause if you had fired all three of you, it wasn't just you, it, it wasn't personal towards you. Is that, is that fair to say, or right. was there some hard feelings there? There were definitely, there were a lot of hard feelings. Um, there were, uh, it had become personal. Um, I, I believe it felt personal for my uncle. Um, as far as our, our, uh, 
the friction between the two of us, I, I, I think it felt personal for him. It felt personal for me. Um, it was personal for my cousin. It was personal between he and my, and my other, uh, and my, uh, uh, boss that was fired. And so, yeah, it was, it, it was, it was, it was personal. I think it was a lot, it was very personal too, because, uh, there had been so much, um, planning that we had done and that this was the expected, the expected outcome was to, you know, to just move past all the problems and eventually, mm-hmm. you know, uh, this future that we had all planned on would still be the case. And so when it happened without any kind of warning or, mm-hmm. um, you know, any kind of notice at all that it was, it felt personal. And I, you know, I think, well, yeah, I'm just, I'll, I just, I'll just leave it at that. Well, if it, it, it was personal. So just to clarify with that being said, it wasn't anything that you or the two other guys were doing. It wasn't a matter of your work ethic or your abilities. It was, it was because of hard feelings. Is that, is that fair to say, or, or did that? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I think that's fair to say. And that's, and that's, and that's the truth. We all, all three of us worked really hard. Uh, and pretty much everybody there at the company worked hard. I mean, my, my uncle had a lot on his plate and he still tried to work hard and, you know, and he, he, he'd run the company for 30 plus years and, right. and was still doing it. So yeah, yeah, it's, it was, uh, that's, that's part of the problem. I think that was part of the, the shocker and part of the, right. the feeling there was of why it was personal because it, there wasn't any real reason that we could put a finger on other than, you know, it came from the friction and the, right. the, 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 the different, the kind of the dynamic there between his son, was my cousin and him and our, my boss and me. And it's mm-hmm. kind of this, uh, kind of this little, I don't know, it's weird, weird, really weird, toxic dynamic. So it's, it's 2018 and you, you have no job. So right. T- tell me about that experience, how that affected anything in your life. And, and, and yeah, just let's go from there. How, how was yeah. that? So, um, totally you know just one of those things that just i i never thought i would be in that situation i never i never thought i would you know and so when that hit me um when that happened i just i remember the the first thing that i had to do was to tell my wife Mm -hmm. and it was that's another one of those situations that i'll never forget where i was i'll never forget the day you know what, what we were doing, where we were sitting, all that stuff. And it's just a terrible feeling. It is just, uh, it is, it is really a demoralizing um, thing to have to do is to go tell your wife and your family that, Hey, I just got fired. I didn't just, I didn't just get laid off. I got fired from my job, from my career. You know, this is all, everything that we know, our income, where we live, all of that stuff could be, that's up in the air now. We just don't know how it's going to be. And so, and then to have it be my uncle obviously added a really big element of difficulty to the whole thing. It was just different. And so, um, so I had, I, I had, um, a couple of, I had a couple of people. So I, let me back up. I worked, I taught school for our industry at this time. I was teaching school for our apprentices. And so some people that I worked with that were on the uh, apprenticeship committee in that, um, reached out to me to see, to, to tell me to come and to come and talk to him about a job. And so I had a lot of that, that and some other people, some other, uh, you know, acquaintances and, and, and work people who I'd 
known through the relationship with the industry and that reached out to to offer me opportunities in that. And so there was there was a comfort in having having some of those things happen as early as the very next morning. Um, you know, I remember sitting on the porch with my wife going, I just don't even know what to do. And, you know, mm-hmm. I haven't had to look for a job since I was, since uh, I was yeah. 19 years old. And yeah. so, uh, so there was a, there was some, there was some comfort in being able to have that, those things happen. And that was really, that was really a blessing. Um, and I, and I think that was the first, the, the first part of, you know, the blessings that started to see the, the tender mercies that came from, um, from, from my heavenly father to this process started right there, right there. And then that I started to notice, you know, that it's such a, it's such a, a gloomy, um, disappointing feeling to, to know that you're not going to work and it's not, not your choice. And so to have some of those, those people reach out was really a good thing. Then had a lot of people reach out to just ask if I was doing okay and how things were. And, and so, um, so I spent the next, let's see, that was in the end of July. I spent the next month, um, looking for interviewing at different places and, and starting to try to get myself, uh, out there and 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 on the market and um i uh finally was able to narrow it down to which is a great which which is a great blessing too right to be able to narrow opportunities down to a couple of really good ones that i thought would be worth that that were worthwhile mm-hmm. and um and so i um i ended up choosing one of those companies and i went to work went back to work at the um at the at the end of september of 2018 um for for another contract competing contractor mechanical contractor and uh went to work as um uh kind of on their fabrication side of things and and it was it was a similar we had some similar aspects to my old position but um essentially it was a good job and and uh and um and I was working again. So, mm-hmm. um, one of the one of the things that I, I should mention too is that right after I was I got let go after I got fired, I ended up. I mean, I had to. My uncle paid for all of our insurance mm-hmm. through the end of the year, so that we had. Oh, wow. So that okay. we had, yeah. So, and we got we he gave us all the severance package and. And, uh, you know, I need to be fair when I, um, when I talk about this, because it, it's, uh, it's important actually, and more important than I realized at the time. Um, so, so to have the health insurance and to work out the circumstances of the severance package, he and I, I needed to talk to him. So there was a few times we talked and and right after I, I, I met him the, the Monday following us getting terminated to sit down and just chat over a few things. And I wanted to be able to, to, to say a couple of things that I felt were, you know, for fair to me. And we sat down and talked to him. It was actually a decent conversation. And I wrote him a letter that uh, I had thought, you know, that I, because it was how I needed to, I needed to get some things out. It wasn't mean spirited and it was, I tried to be Christ-like and anyway. Um, and 
but going from there and uh, from that point on, there was a lot of, there was a lot of things that were, that were, we, we work in a very small industry. And so there were lots of rumors and there were lots of, there were lots of firsthand, firsthand accounts of how, um, how the circumstance had been related to the rest of my peers and, and the guys that I'd worked with right. at the company. And so all of these things started to happen and started to unfold as we went along. I was still teaching school. And so there was employees that worked there that I would teach. And, um, and so there's just, uh, there was, there was a lot of, there was a lot of stuff that I would still bump into and cause right. me with that. Just not a fun situation. It sounds like in totality, just mm. not desirable. No. Yep. Nope. Not at all. Um, the, actually the, the, uh, the, the, I guess I call it suffering really that took place over the, over the next two and about two and a half years, not quite two and a half years was it. It's just really in some ways unbearable. Um, cause from this, from this, from this experience, I, I got landed, I got landed on my feet with a new job and that was good. But then you start to get life starts to kind of simmer back down and you kind of kind of start to try to break into a new mode, a new normal. And, and then, and then all of these things start, start hitting me. All these things start coming at you about, you know, where I was at versus where I am and, and, and the struggles and the frustrations with, with the new, with the new experiences are, you know, are different and, and you start looking at different things. You, th- you start looking at things in a, in a, from a lens of how it used to be versus how it is now and how this isn't fair. Right. It's really easy to get that it way. It can probably be quite, um, quite depressing depending on the, the exact, the, the details of the situation. Yeah, it, it, it was. And, and honestly, I went through, I went through a pretty significant, significant depression um, through this time, my wife actually had, um, found some, found some, uh, some, she was putting together actually a, uh, a, an event for the women in our stake about dealing with trials and, and, and severe trials, you know, things that are really, really tough to handle. And, and through that, she came up with some, she found some literature, some stuff that I had read. And one of them was about, um, the way it is for people when people lose a job and how that affects them. And what it compared it to was even having losing a family member, um, somebody close to you. And it was interesting and it sounds kind of trite to, to put it up against something as, as, as terrible as losing a family member, especially losing a family member in in tragic, tragic ways. But it's really how I felt. A lot of what it talked about was, was how I felt. It was very depressed. Um, I had, I, struggled sleeping on uh, it just kept getting worse and that lasted pretty much for the next couple of years um i i got on a couple of different medications to try um i to try to help me calm down and to help me focus and i had a hard time focusing at work and i had a, my my self-confidence was gone uh, my uh, just just i was really negative I, I had a really hard time for a while going to church um, and, and that sounds dumb because nobody at church did anything, had anything to do with it. But I, I just did not want to socialize with people. Um, I didn't want to hear anybody tell me anymore how this was all for the best and, mm-hmm. and it will all be better. <laughs> this will all be a, a means to a better thing. 
I just didn't want to hear that anymore. I, I got so tired of hearing people tell me, you know, and everybody meant well. And, but, you know, and you know that, you know, that all of those things are the truth and the, and that that's, you get it, you know, you, but it just, you didn't want to hear it anymore. Didn't want to hear people tell me about, you know, forgiveness. And I, I knew what I needed to do, but I didn't want to hear anybody else tell me that, you know, um, you, you need to forgive and you need to, you know, that's, that's the only way that this is going to, you're going to feel better. And, and th- just those types of things, just, they wore on you. And, and, um, so I had a really hard time going to church. In fact, um, I, I was talking about this. So I was getting ready to have, have me to talk with you about this. I chatted with my wife a little bit and we were kind of remembering how uh, there was, um, most weeks where I sat in the car during Sunday school and uh or found a reason to go home and i just didn't want to be there i wanted to go i wanted to take the sacrament but i didn't i wanted to be left alone and um and at the same time was even even sometimes ag- agitated that nobody t- <laughs> talked to me about it right. so none of that makes any sense <laughs> and, and those i, are, and those I are can't understandable and realistic feelings though even if they're right, contradictory yeah. It, they they are they don't, it doesn't make any sense at all and it makes me really wonder you know how many people are suffering in that same kind of way with whatever kind of trial that they're going through too you know or we look at it and go oh, i can't believe brother or sister so and so is just you know acting so strange or they don't seems like they don't want to be around us or wonder if they're mad at me and, and you know it might be just the fact that they're going through something similar and i i don't know i can't explain it still why i felt that way but i just I just did not want to be there. It was really tough. Scared my wife and made me a little nervous, actually. And mm-hmm. um, and so I just had to resolve to 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 try to start working through those things in in a healthier way. Right. Um. So I uh, I worked at this other company, that this new company that I had had gotten a job with, um, and went through um went through a lot of the uh, uh, frustrations there and and some different things it was a different place different dynamics and, and different different company culture and such and and still struggled with the um with dealing with the, the being being fired and dealing with um the feelings that i had with for my uncle and for his family and my cousin and and other individuals that still work there that were part of that uh, part of that whole thing because come to you know you start to understand how some of those things happened after you left or after that happens you start to hear about some of the things that were going on behind the scenes that you didn't know about to you know to kind of that were instrumental in helping you know, instrumental in, in the outcome of what was, uh, of us getting fired. So you learn about those things and it was pretty, pretty, um, uh, pretty incensed about a lot of that stuff. And I had to, uh, for a while, um, I, I just couldn't let it alone. And, and if I talked to somebody, it was, um, <clears throat> excuse me. If I talked to somebody uh, and that was it was and it was work related, it would always turn to that situation, mm-hmm. and then it would turn to my uncle, or and then especially if somebody else had had a negative experience working at the same company or working for him, or mm-hmm. anybody or somebody within that situation, the, the conversation would turn to that would turn to you know it would be mean spirited, it would be anger, and, 
And uh, um, it was really, um, you know, it was just, and that doesn't do anything but continue to encourage this, this negative, this, this negativity, this, you know, these, these feelings of, of conflict within you. And, uh, um, he, he also was in the middle of a, um, and still is, I believe actually in the middle of a lawsuit with his original partner, who was my boss at the time. And I, we ended up being called into as in, uh, into a deposition, me and my former boss to be involved with that situation. And so it was just, just one thing after another would not, it was relentless. It seemed like, so, um, I had, I had, I had still was trying to do things that I needed to, even though I hated being in church and, um, for certain things. And I didn't want to be around anybody. I, I really withdrew from my, my neighbors and, and withdrew socially. And, um, I, <clears throat> I was still trying to focus on how do I deal with this? Um, and how do I, how do I do it? How, how do I, how do I beat this? How do I get to being forgiving? Mm-hmm. And I was convinced that, um, that there would never be reconciliation. There would never be anything resolved with the situation in this lifetime. Wow. Like I seriously believe that that was just, it was less, just not possible. Um, there was not going to be, and, and I believe that there needed to be for that to happen. There needed to be an apology and admittance of, of wrongdoing from my uncle, from my cousin, from people that I that were involved with that there had to be that because it was just fair. That's just, you know, that was just that from my point perspective and my vantage point, that's, that was what was fair. And, um, and so I, I kind of went with that and thought, well, I'm going to, I've got to try to do the things that, that were taught in the scriptures. I need to, I need to pray for my enemies. I need to, I need to pray for those who, um, despitefully use me and persecute me, you know, is what, is what I see. And so. I tried to do those things and I put their names in the temple and, and, and I did those things just checking a box for the mm-hmm. most part, you know, okay. um, there was not, a, there was not any, there was not any, especially in the beginning, there was not any feeling of, there was no legitimate, I really hope that they, that things go well for them feelings to that, nothing. Right. And, um, and so in what I learned though, through this is that that all, those were very small, little teeny tiny steps toward, you know, where we ended up with and where we ended up eventually, which was reconciliation. Um, when, um, when, when, when I, when my, my former boss, we're good friends. When we would get together, we would, we would always have these discussions and it would, and it would always turn to, um, our situation to the situation with those individuals. And it would be, and it would be rough, but it was a source of, it was kind of a source of therapy for me as well. Yeah. Well, somebody who was almost in your identical situation, which is, there's only two, what, two other guys. So that I think in, I'll just say that maybe it's um again under almost understandable and 
not that doesn't doesn't make it right, but maybe even reasonable that your conversations with your with your former boss would turn to that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's more, maybe more natural than we than we think. I don't know. No, it is. I I I mean, it's there's lots of things that that people that you'll hear that you should do in a situation where you're having to deal with something that somebody else has done to you. How do you deal with that? Well, you know, you scream into a pillow, you punch a pillow, you, <laughs> you, you write letters to that person. You get all the negative and awful things out in this safe space so that it doesn't become, you know, a, an, issue, an issue that perpetuates because of, you know, gr- uh, of a grudge and anger and stuff like that. So I, I don't know if that's, if that's, you know, to me, that was, it was helpful, but it was only helpful for a certain amount of time to where then it just became something that kept that alive. And, and I, I did get to a point where I just thought, I don't, I just don't want to feel this way anymore. I was tired of not sleeping at night. I mean, I think, um, I had, I had, I dreamt about, um, that situation in some way, shape or form in some weird twisted way. <laughs> almost on a nightly basis for the next two years from that on. And it it got to the point where the dreams got to be so vivid and so strange. And they always had an element of that with it, that, um, that my, I, my, I would wake my wife up in, in bed, just, you know, and it's, and it's nothing that I could control. Um, I would, you know, I would pray that I would have those uh those types of bless those types of dreams and and you know just it just it wouldn't go away and 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 so i started looking at things like okay well maybe this constant conversation about how terrible these people are and what they did to us is maybe that's not that's something that i need to get away i need to get rid of i need to i need to walk away from that i need to start separating uh, myself from that conversation and and so i started to you know, just, I really had to try to make a conscious, conscious effort to, um, not participate when we started to talk about those things or when he brought it up, you know, cause I didn't want to, I didn't want to, um, limit his ability to vent right. on some of those things. Right. And cause like you said, it is really tough in a situation like that. It's hard to find people who really understand what it is you're going through. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think that's probably true with lots of things that we go through that are really hard. Um, and so being able to have that kind of that safe space to vent is important. Um, but for me, it had just started to become more of, uh, more of a, it was more of a, of a hindrance for me at, at a certain point. And I think that's because I, I really was trying to become, um, softer. I really wanted to, what I had thought my thoughts had become was what my resolve had become was to, to be, to soften to the point where in and this is no kidding in the millennium mm-hmm. if after this lifetime after mortality at some future date way off in the distance there would be there would be a point where this could be reconciled and i wanted to be ready for that wow. yeah and so that's it's uh it sounds really silly to say now but that's really what i thought and um and so i was working towards trying to have that that heart. And I thought, well, if, if I can, if I can be at least ready to forgive, then, then maybe that's forgiveness that maybe that's, that's what I need. You know, that's what I got to do. And so I worked towards that end and I needed to limit things like those types of conversations with people and, 
with, you know, and other, other people who had similar frustrations or what have you. And so, and so I worked toward that. Now, I, through this, um, my grandma, um, my uncle's mom, um, and my mom's mom, my grandma, she was, we were always very close. Our extended family was always very close. We had, we always did Thanksgivings together. We did Fourth of July parties together. Um, we did lots of stuff together. We were always, um, we were always very, very close. And so, uh, we had our camping trips together. Uh, my, my, my grandma found out and about all of this stuff that had happened and she was pretty devastated about it. Um, devastated for the both of us, my uncle, for me, um, and, you know, and she really wanted there to be peace. Um, she didn't meddle and she didn't, um, she did not, uh, take sides. Um, and, and so I had, I had wanted things to become better. And I told, I remember telling her a little, a little while about maybe, I don't know, it was probably four or five months ago, maybe I told her actually probably six or six or eight months ago, I told her that there would be, it would be resolved at some point. And I, I just had knew, I knew that it would be, and so, I still figured that it was a long time away, but I, and I just remember telling her that, and I felt comfort in, in being able to say that and really felt like, you know, that wasn't just something I was telling her to make her feel better. I really believe that that would be the case. And so uh, I've, I kind of, I don't, I kind of felt like, well, maybe I had, maybe I had really gotten to this point of forgiveness. I don't ever want to see those people again or talk to them, <laughs> but maybe I have forgiven, right. you know? And so, um, it definitely wasn't affecting me the same as it had in the past. So anyway, um, here just this past September, um, uh, my grandma passed away and, um, leading up to, leading up to this, um, funeral, I was just anxious like crazy. I, I was, I imagined our, I imagined the meeting, the, the conversation, the confrontation, the discussion the, I imagined about every scenario I could possibly imagine with my, um, with that side of my family, with my cousin, my aunt, uncle, my aunt and, 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 and seeing them in this, in these, in this, uh, uh, you know, setting. And it had been, it had been long before I had ever lost my job that we had seen each other. Um, well, I guess since I had got lost my job that I'd seen, seen each other, it had been long before I lost my job that the whole family had been together. So I had a lot of, a uh, lot of anxiety leading up to that. Um, on the night of the viewing, um, I met my, my immediate family, my mom and dad and siblings and my, my kids and stuff, my wife, we met at the viewing home, um, about 45 minutes early to just kind of have a little bit of a private moment there. And my dad and my brother gave me a blessing, um, and it, it, to kind of help me, um, with the situation that would, you know, with the situation there, with the viewing and the funeral and family lunch and all that good stuff. And in that blessing, he, he blessed me with the ability to, um, have really have all of this, this burden lifted from me and to be able to know, um, to have my words and my, um, and my, uh, feelings guided, especially with the things that I would say if needed to, if needed, you know, 
that I would know what to say, that there would be words there to say. Um, and so we, we went through the motions of the, the viewing that night and I didn't, and it was fine. I didn't say much to, to them, but my wife had really, my wife really stood out because she, she, um, made it a point to talk to them and to be genuinely interested in them and, um, and really just kind of set this amazing example for me that, you know, I, okay, I can do this. And I, and I, and came away from that night with a really good feeling that just the spirit was just kind of like, look, just, you gotta say, I gotta, I can't leave this, this event, um, uh, the funeral the next day, I can't leave that event and not have said a word to them. And so I determined that I would, I would do something, would say something, would have to figure out something to say. It was not going to be anything that had to do with this, with the past and the situation where I wasn't going to admit any guilt. I wasn't going to admit any wrongdoing. Of course, I was going to, you know, (laughs) was going to make sure that I, I, I protected my position, but, uh, I was going to, and so, uh, the next day at the funeral, <clears throat> we had um, me and my cousins. All of us were um, there's six six of us uh, male cousins, the guys that are all about the same age, and we were all the pallbearers, and we were for my grandpa as well. And I figured that'd be the case, and so we were there too close for comfort, <laughs> some of us, and and uh, we went through that situation. But at the end of the service was really good. My, and my uncle was, uh, was the, he conducted and, and it was just a real, you know, Hayden, there was just a real soft, sweet spirit. And, um, and I know that before my grandma was, she was passing away. She, um, had told my mom that she had just, she just told her, because my my folks were obviously frustrated about this whole situation too. They were it was hard for them to to not hold harbor some 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 feelings of animosity toward my uncle and mm-hmm. and and his family and, and the family because there was several of my family members up there. Anyway, she had really wanted my told my mom she wanted to make her to make sure that she kept her brother and her sister close and and the family close. It was always such a big, big thing for my grandparents is to keep us all close. Well, there was this spirit at the funeral that was, it was just, you know, it's, it's a funeral and there's, you know, it's always, already there's in those situations, it wasn't tragic that she passed away. It was, it was understandable. And, and, um, and so it was just a good spirit. It was different. Well, when we made our way up for the services over and we made the pallbearers made their way up to the casket to uh, put our boutonnieres on the, on the, on the top of the casket. I ended up at the casket with my cousin who I had worked with at that company. And, um, and we, um, Hey, sorry, Hayden, did you hear that? No, no, you're good. Oh, okay. I got a, an emergency alert. Sorry. That right. kind of all no. of a sudden threw me off. No, you're good. Um, so here my cousin and I met at the head of the casket. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, to put our boutonnieres on there. And it was just um, it was kind of a, 
just all of a sudden there. And, and um, this was just the two of us, which was strange too. It wasn't just, it wasn't everybody else. And, um, and man, I looked, I looked at him, Hayden, and I saw in his face, I could see in his face what our heavenly father knows about him and that he is a son of our heavenly father and that he needed the same relief that I did. And it was just an incredible moment. And, and I, I just, I reached out and we, we both hugged right there. And I said, I just told him the only thing that came to my mind, which was none of the things that I had prepared to say and all the things of the week of preparing of things to say. I just told him that, um, none of this, none of any of that stuff that we had been through that had, that had happened, none of that needed to matter anymore. It just is over. It just didn't need to matter. And it was, it's over. And, and he agreed. And we both, we both teared up a little and, uh, and, um, and I turned around and thought, I've got to, I've got to turn around. My aunt and uncle were right there close. I knew. And so I turned around and my aunt was there and, and I'll tell you, I'll never forget the look in her eyes and the, and the, um, the understanding that I had looking into her eyes was that she was just as she was just as wounded and just as hurt and just as tired of that feeling as I had been. And that all that really mattered is that we needed to be healed. And the only way that we could be healed is to just let go of these, of these feelings that we had had. And I, and I said, and all I could do was say the same thing to her again, her, to her tonight that I said to my cousin and, and, uh, she, she I mean, was very at a very emotional moment and, you know, we hugged and I, and my uncle, the same thing, you know, I just looked at him and said, I just, it doesn't need to matter anymore. He said, no, it doesn't, it just does not need me to. And, and it was, <clears throat> and it was at that moment gone, all of it just completely free of that burden um, and just didn't exist anymore. And um, to have that experience um, and to have it where we had it too. And I just, I just knew that my grandparents, my grandma and grandpa were witnessing this situation with, with a lot of relief and as were my parents and, and, other family members like my my aunt and uncles the rest of their kids and and it was just a it was a an, an incredible moment of of forgiveness that happened it was mutual it wasn't uh wasn't that one person took the high road and the others didn't or or this it, it just wasn't that way it was absolutely um the blessing from of forgiving and forgetting the horrible feelings that come from situations like that through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And it was, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I have to, I have to ask, and I just have a, a couple questions in conclusion. Thank you for, for sharing this with us. My first question is, uh, I'm assuming you're still working for that other company. Is that correct? Cause this just happened. This experience that you just told us just happened two months ago. Is that right? Yeah, it did. It, it, it just barely happened. And, and no, I actually, um, 
<clears throat> about uh, February of last year, um, I had, I, so a, a, one of the blessings that came through this experience with losing my job is that I'm a very loyal person. I, I, and I was very loyal to the company of my uncle's company. I wanted to make it work and I was excited. I just knew if we held on long enough, we'd get there, you know, we would get through the tough times. And, and uh, you know, one of the things that I learned after I lost my job is that it, there there's, you gotta, you gotta look around. <laughs> you have to keep, so you have to keep into what's really going to be healthy for you in your life. Um, my, my family's life, you know, but so healthy for me in my life means that my, you know, that I'm doing what's right for my family as far as my time that I'm able to spend with them and, and, uh, you know, all of those types of things. And it just, and there just wasn't, I was more aware of the fact that I was not on the right path, the company that I had been working, that I was working for then. Um, I just wasn't, it just wasn't the right thing. It wasn't the right thing. And there were several signs that came up that showed me that and I thought, well, I've got to, I've got to go find something different. And I did. And so now I work for a great company, honestly, that, um, uh, and I'm in a role there that I really enjoy and, um, and really that I don't think I could do had it not been for some of the amazing, the amazing growing experiences that I had working for my uncle's company and and going through that, this whole process um and so i'm not at that company more i'm at, I'm at this other one and, and it's great um it's really been a it's been a huge blessing so tell us and and again i wish we had all night to talk about this tell us um what advice or counsel through this experience that what you've learned, what, what advice or counsel would you give someone who, although they will not, will never go through an identical situation that you've gone through, what would you tell somebody who maybe even listening to our words right now, who maybe, you know, generally speaking, maybe needs to forgive. And like I said, their, their situation is going to be unique, just like yours is. Is there anything that you, if they came to you and asking you for advice, if they were able to sit down with you, what, what might be the one or two uh, pieces of uh, counsel that you would give to somebody through this experience, what you've learned uh, and you've shared a little bit, but is there anything you would add to what you've already told us to somebody who may also be struggling with uh, maybe uh, a uh, feeling of unforgiveness? What do you, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the main thing I would say is, well, not the main thing, one of the top few things I would say is, that praying for our enemies is is an amazing thing and, and it's not just it's not that you're going to get some amazing relief or that all of a sudden you'll feel this amazing overwhelming forgiveness not all the time maybe maybe sometimes but that's not going to happen right off the bat but what you are doing is preparing yourself to be able to 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 forgive when it's right when it's in the, in the lord's time what you're doing is is saying okay, I'm going to be obedient to this commandment to forgive other people. And I may not understand, and it's a process to get to that, to a, to a true state of forgiveness and to where I and others can have peace. But, but it's just like, it's just like trying to, um, it's like trying to prepare the ground around a tree that you're trying to save to bring back to life. It's, you know, that's struggling. I mean, you, you, 
you prepare the ground, you fertilize it, you water it, you keep it soft. And that's what you're doing to your heart, you know? And that's, and that's one of the biggest things that, uh, I think I learned there about, um, praying for your enemies. It's, it's not about instant relief. (laughs) I don't think so. And I think in our world today, that's some of the, some of those things that people need to be in constant. We just need to be constantly praying for, for us to be soft and not hold on to, to grudges. And, and I'd say that, uh, um, there, like I was telling you before about my, my conversations with my friend that just didn't, they didn't seem to be, there was a certain, there was a time when they weren't therapeutic anymore. They were, they were just adding to the problem. And I mean, Matthew nine, it tells us that there's no peace in reflecting on the pain of old wounds and that there's only peace in repentance and forgiveness. And it says, this is the sweet peace of the Christ who said, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. And I, to be able to, to be able to see, um, to be able to see, I felt like I was given a real blessing to be able to see through the eyes of our heavenly father, a view of my aunt and uncle and cousin that I would never have expected. And that was that regardless of the blame and regardless, regardless of who was right and who was wrong, it didn't, that didn't matter. What mattered is that we all needed to be healed. And I, so I'd say remembering that, that we're all children of God, and that he loves each and every one of us exactly the same and with the same intensity and cares for us in the same amazing and intimate ways that we, we cannot be, we cannot interfere with that forgiveness and, and with that peace that he is trying to work in the lives of other people as well as in our life. And, and that's, that's a kind of, that's not an easy thing to just understand when you're going through, you know, the depths of, of, uh, of, of a trial, like, you know, like I had, or somebody else is having where it's, it's been something inflicted upon them by really by what seems like the hand of others. Uh, uh, like, um, Joseph in Egypt said, um, when, when Jacob at Jacob said, Jacob gave some advice to Joseph before he passed away. Um, asking him to forgive his brothers, and um, and Joseph said to his brothers when they said, "Forgive us," he said, "Fear not, for am I in the place of God?" And I just that's and that to me that's just stuck out that we've been in, we've been instructed and counseled to forgive everyone, and that's what our role is. And even though what we're suffering through may seem like a huge, huge thing and, and a, just an amazing injustice to us, it is very possible, not in all circumstances, but it is very possible that it is really not as horrible in, the, in, in God's eyes as it is in our own eyes. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I had the same thought, actually. So I think trying to take some of those things into, into context and just continuing to, to be prayerful and try to work towards understanding what forgiving is um, 
and taken the sacrament. I, there's a lot of Sunday school classes I didn't hit. <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, um, and there's, there's, uh, and there's, there's been some, it's been some challenging times, some real depression, but, uh, right. take the sacrament. You know, it's so, thank you for that. You know, it's so incredible. I stand in front of seminary students five days a week and often the topic of the, uh, the doctrine of the plan of salvation, the core doctrine of the gospel of Jesus Christ being the plan of salvation often comes up. Students either don't know all of the, the parts, if you will, of the plan of salvation, or they're confused about what happens at the different parts, or they're, you know, they're confused about the, um, or have questions about the purpose of life and the perfect purpose, purpose of our existence. And, and I just want to say one thing about this in conclusion and just get your thought on this. Uh, the overarching, if I, if I'm not mistaken, the overarching goal of our mortal existence is to obviously receive a body, which we didn't have in the preexistence and to learn to control that body, whether that means physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, mentally our one of our main goals, if not the main goal is to control that body body to the point where, and this is a topic that I love to, and we should talk about this more sometime, but the idea is that we're here on earth to become more like God the Father or Heavenly Mother, right? Depending on our, on our gender or the Savior, generally speaking. And if I'm not mistaken, if I hear you correctly, if, I, if I've heard you correctly during this conversation, what I'm hearing is that ultimately this is an experience that Maybe you needed to go through, in other words, and I don't know for sure, I'm not making any prophecy or, or I'm not interpreting this in any way, but just a, a feeling or a thought, maybe this is an experience that you needed in order to fulfill your purpose in this mortal life. In other words, become more like your heavenly father. What, what do you think about that? What, what, how is this experience? Cause like you said, you saw your cousin the way that heavenly father sees him. And that when you said that, like that, that makes me feel just sweet inside, knowing that through this process, that, that the resolution, uh, not, not only did you, because people forgive all the time, but not only did you forgive, but you made a connection to, uh, to your Heavenly Father and how He views even you through this. Um, what, what do you think? I don't know if that makes much sense, but what, does it? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes, it makes ton of, it makes tons of sense. Um, I, um, I absolutely, you know, I, like I told you before, I, I just didn't want to hear people tell me that this is all for the better, right. <laughs> but, which but is it, what I just did. Actual, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just like, uh, it's, I go back to what Joseph said to his brother. He says, uh, you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto, meant it unto good to bring to pass. Uh, to save much people, right. um, and obviously paraphrase that some, uh, um, but and that's, yeah, that's uh, to understand a situation like this. Um, to understand how much our heavenly Father loves me, uh, I, I, and and the, and the, and how much He loves other people. There's no way I could have understood that without this experience, right. um, and to really. And to really see what matters most, like we like we're talking about the plan of salvation, um, that you know the whole the whole purpose is to is to of the gospel is to 
you know, re- pull us all back together, become, become the people that we, that are, that we can be with our bodies and then, uh, bring us all back, bring us all back together, reunite us. And, um, as children, as a family, as one family under God. And I, uh, the, the, what I understand the depth, the, the deeper meaning that the atonement of Jesus Christ has for me now right. is so valuable. Um, I, I don't know. There's just, I really wish I could put it into words. I just don't know how to put it into words to say, other than to say that it is just absolutely immeasurable what the love of God and the atonement of Jesus Christ and his grace um, can do in the lives of people here and, uh, and, and, and everywhere. You know, what's something that's so neat about all of this too, is that it wasn't just, it wasn't just me who was suffering through this. I mean, my, my folks were, and, and there were, you know, there were uh, negative feelings all around. And, and there was, and this really, this, this coming together between me and my cousin, my aunt, my uncle, being it, that happening was able, I believe, to release um, others into being able to just let the rest of their baggage go as well. I remember I sat down with my mom right at the, at the end of the luncheon after the funeral and and she came up to me and said, well, you know, you know, you're doing okay with it. How was it? I said, well, I said, it's, it's over. She says, yeah, yeah, I know it's over finally. I said, no, <laughs> no. I said, I said, it is over. It's, it's gone. It's done. And she just broke down, you know, I mean, it was just, it was an obvious relief from her. And, and I've, I've just, I've been able to be involved in some really neat experiences um, through repentance when I was in the bishopric and I served as counselor and had a few of those experiences through disciplinary counsels. They are incredible experiences. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't think that it could, that I could understand um, the, the reality behind grace, right. the, the Savior's grace as I, but I, as I do now, it's just, I didn't know I could understand it even more so. All right. That reminds me, you, you've heard the phrase, and I could talk about this all night. I need to. I need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you, obviously, and our listeners have heard of the phrase, uh, you know, being in the refiner's fire. And again, my mind just keeps going back to the idea that your experience, although uh, it would be blasphemous to make a comparison, and I don't mean it in this way, but your experience of suffering and, and your uncle and your cousin and everyone else affected. It helped you, by definition, uh, helped you become more like Jesus Christ. In other words, we understand that his atonement, like I said, I'm not trying to make a comparison here because there is none with sure. his, but it this experience maybe helped you to relate with him a little bit more. In other words, uh, obviously we would never even try to compare our, our suffering with his, but there is a hint, even a percentage maybe, a fraction, if you will, that uh, you were able to become more like him because of the suffering that uh, almost was thrust upon you and maybe caused a little bit by yourself and maybe caused by those around you. But uh, just what an awesome 
experience. And I know it's, it's easy to say that after the fact, right in the moment, <laughs> that's not, no. not a thought. That's you were, the miracle of it, right? Yeah. I mean, to, to be able to say that this was an awesome experience and that I harbor no animosity. And I really feel like, I don't feel like anybody in this situation harbors any negative feelings toward the other. Right. I, and I believe I'm right. So to be able to get to the end of that and say, you know, to be able to kneel down and say, Father, thank you for this experience. I never would have guessed two years ago that it would, that, that I could feel the way I feel and, and feel the way I feel about people who I thought I would never be able to reconcile with. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the, that's the, that's the amazing thing about it. I, yeah. And I, I, um, it, 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 for me, it was, it was a refiner's fire moment. Um, and, and I, and I know I'm, I'm sure that there are more of those to come my way and it scares me, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, uh, you know, this moments is it's experiences like this help put it in perspective, other moments, other trying times that are going to come our way that we'll have to get through and, and, and wonder when, where the light is uh, at the end of the tunnel. And just to know that it will come, it will be there. Awesome. It's, uh, it's an amazing experience. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Q, for, for spending a, a good chunk of your time tonight. Just know how much I appreciate you and how much I know that uh, our listeners are going to appreciate uh, this story. Because I, I know for a fact uh, that there are people who are going through, obviously not identical, but similar situations who I know are going to be, be able to benefit from uh, this conversation. So thank you so much for coming on tonight. Appreciate you. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity. I, I really hope that uh, that it will touch the lives of other people. Um, I appreciate it. Hayden, thank you. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing with a friend. And we'll catch you next time on the Faithful Perspective Podcast.